I'm Adam Rapport. Welcome back to the Bon Appetit Foodcast. Joining me today is Deputy Editor Andrew Knowlton. Andrew, how you doing? Awesome. Awesome is good. We'll take awesome. And our special guest. <laughs> <laughs> She's already laughing. Talia Bayoki, Editor-in-Chief of Punch, an online drinks magazine. That's what it says in front of me in parentheses. Correct. Author of Sherry, which came out last year. Beautiful book. And Thank you. Soon to be author of Spritz. That comes out in spring of 2016. Um, all right, so Talia, today we are talking summer drinks because it's summer and it's hot and we like to drink. First question, beer on ice. I have to do it because that's all I drink all summer long and uh, certain people on staff give me a hard time about it. I've never done beer on ice. I what? do a lot of wine on ice. Ooh. See, I, I would actually argue that wine on ice is even more controversial than beer on ice. I would agree. Now, is that just because... You want it colder, or is it actually offering you some sort of, by watering it down, it makes it more quaffable? It's all about cold. It's like all about Like, for cold. me, I like bubbly wine on ice. I agree with you. I mean, like I said, I picked up the beer on ice thing through the Michelada and get a beer and a bunch of limes and squeeze it in there on ice, and, the, and a hot day, it's delicious, and it's very quaffable, as Andrew Norton would no, say. No, but you, the problem with you is it could be straight out of a, a freezer, and you're still pouring it on ice. Well, well, it's like, look at this way. You're from Atlanta, right? I am from Atlanta. You probably drank, grew up drinking Coca-Cola. Yes. Coca-Cola on ice is better than Coca-Cola out of a bottle. There's a difference. Even though that bottle might be cold, you pour that over a glass of ice and it it just it alters the sort of the composition. That, that's true, but I think Intali, you know better than me, but I think a lot of winemakers and beer makers, they're making it so you drink it not to water it down more. I'm all for like rosé on ice once in a while. They don't they don't know what they're talking about. Okay. So beer, are you always adding something to the beer on ice or sometimes just beer alone well, on ice? Well, I mean, the original, you know, in the Micheladas, which became popular in food circles, I don't know, five, six years ago or so, or at least, you know, just, and that's beer with uh, lime and sometimes hot sauce. Mm-hmm. Um, I started doing that, but then I met you, I, I drink a lot of Budweiser and I'm having a barbecue and I would just open a can of Budweiser. I'm like, why not pour this on ice? And it still tastes good. I think that's great because honestly, I, I end up not drinking a full beer so often because it gets warm. warm. Yeah. Uh, on a hot day, yeah. Yeah, so you're doing Budweiser a favor, I Tali, think. you need to drink faster. Yeah. That's what you need to do. Before, <laughs> be, all right, we're going to segue away from beer on ice, although we could do a whole podcast just on that. Beer on ice. You could. Yeah, you I could. could. <laughs> I could keep going. Um, I think before we start asking you all these questions, um, I imagine people always want to know, well, well, what makes you qualified to, to do an online magazine about drinking? Like, how or why are you a drinks authority? How do you answer that? And I'm sure people have asked, or what's your take? I drink a lot, <laughs> which I think is the easy answer to that. But yeah, I mean, I've been drinking since uh, since the beginning, <laughs> the very beginning of my life, um, arguably while in the womb, thanks to my mother, but I'm still all right. Um, Can and- I interject my mom, who, this was the 1960s, I was born in 69, and I was like, mom, did you drink like when yeah. you were pregnant with me? She's like... Well, I mean, yes, but but not martinis. Yeah. <laughs> like, mom, okay, thanks. She ate oysters, she drank wine, and I'm doing just fine. She still stands by it. So, um, no, I, I think for me, it's just because I drink a lot and I'm interested in it and um, I've stayed committed <laughs> to it. <laughs> Very committed. So let's talk uh, summer drinking, spritz. My feeling is take any sort of summery cocktail, add club soda or sparkling wine and it's better. Yeah. Is that crazy? No, that's correct, actually. Like, I've, I've been committed to that for the last several months. But the thing about spritz that I love so much is that, you know, you don't need a jigger. It's not a drink that requires you to sit around and, like, measure yeah, everything sure. out and make it make it perfect. And for so me, you like— you just lost Nolten. If it doesn't have 17 ingredients, Andrew doesn't want to drink it. I— 
the only thing I drink is highballs and whiskey. As I get older, I'm like an old man. I, but I have a question for Talia. We argue over this at, at the offices here at Bon Appetit. What is a spritz? What yeah. defines it? So it's sort of more than it is like a specific recipe. It's like a way and the a, a perspective on the aperitif that's you know specific to the northeastern part of Italy. But for me, it's bubbly, it's bitter, and it's low alcohol. That's what that is. The, those are the three. Bitter, bitter is bitter because that's probably not something that Americans typically think of. When we think of spritz, we still think of like thong leotards and salad bars. I think of the eighties, and I think of that. Oh, it was like, like a half-hearted oh, diet, like a white wine spritzer. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. okay. So for like, us, when I say spritz, people go. Oh, spritzer! Like they think of like you know housewives in the eighties. You mean like the uh, that Jamie Lee Curtis movie, Perfect? Yeah. So the spritz, though, obviously is something very different than that. And the way that the spritz becomes Italian, because it's originally something that comes down from Austria, is with the addition of a bitter liqueur, like Campari, like Aperol. Ah, interesting. Yeah. Also, I guess I, what I'm curious about. I remember when Sherry came out last year, and uh, at the office we get these sort of advances from the the book publishing companies and they talk about what their new slate of books is. And I remember seeing Sherry and this is gorgeously designed book. If you have not seen it out there, listeners, um, look it up. Uh, it's beautiful. And my first thought was like a whole book about Sherry. That's impossible. And now you're doing a whole book about Spritz. How do you as a writer approach that? A single subject that most people would think is pretty narrow. Selfishly, because I think these books are people, people, you know, they think about Sherry. And first of all, it wasn't even, you know, something that's that was terribly popular until about like five years ago. For 100 years, it was something that no one in America really thought about. Um, but, you know, I think with anything, if you dig deep enough, you realize that there's more to it. And the same thing with Spritz. I mean, it's a much smaller book than Sherry. But when I started digging, I, I really got to the heart of like, you know, Italian cocktails and why they're different than American cocktails and their birth during fascism and, and futurism, which is super interesting. Um, and then, you know, obviously the fact that they're delicious and it's easy to put together 50 recipes and have people want to drink them. But the recipes are more interesting if there's a story behind it. 100%, yeah. But it, but it's also, we you know, talk about sherry or even Amaro's, which are big in the bar world now. I love sherry. I think it's like the best uh you know, aperitif before mm -hmm. a meal, like a Amontillado or a, a dry sherry. But we're just rediscovering. Have you, have you had Budweiser? No, I've never had a Budweiser. <laughs> uh, but I'd say we're, we're rediscovering this as Americans and we're finally like getting good stuff and we know how to drink it now. Because before it was like a spritz was in a can or it was a crappy Sprite with, I don't know, some sort of syrup on it. You know, we're taking it back to, I think rediscovering it for ourselves. Well, Talia is. I don't know about yeah. you, but well, yeah. I, I like the spritz. <laughs> no, but I think it's like the spritz was like sort of the last category of like cocktails in the craft cocktail movement that have, have like seen this kind of reinvention. And I started to see it pop up on craft cocktail bar list. I was like, what? Spritz section? You know, and that only started happening a couple of years ago. Right. And I think it was sort of the last stop on the train. Like, I don't even know if there's another category we haven't explored. I think this is the last one. So how do you, in the, in the book itself, you talked about you don't need a jigger to measure out. Um, how do you sort of write the recipes uh, for these spritzes? I always feel summer drinks should be really easy. And so do you say like two ounces this or a, do you say a splash or how do you sort of There's format There's a lot of ish. Them? Yeah, ish. ish. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no, they're, you know, for the, the recipes are sort of meant as like trailheads, you know, as like guides Ooh, to like kind it. of mixing it up. I mean, the spritz, once you get the formula and the basic idea of what it is, you can totally riff on that very easily. So for 
me, I'm like, oh, I kind of like like a little cokey. Maybe I'll squeeze a little grapefruit, then I'll pour a tiny bit of Campari, and then I'll top it with Prosecco. Topping anything with Prosecco, I mean, you can make it taste good. Or let's, it's let's very about, forgiving. I think one of the, the first spritzes that kind of became in vogue in America in the last decade, maybe thanks to Mario Batali or Joe Bastianich or something, was the Aperol spritz. Aperol. And you started seeing that everywhere 10 years ago, partly because of that orange color is so gorgeous. Like, So if I want to make an Aperol spritz, what am I, what am I doing? You're pouring probably about like an ounce and a half, two ounces of, of Aperol into the glass, depending on how like sweet or bitter you want it. What kind of glass? I usually, I use a rocks glass, but you know, most people now use a wine glass, but yeah. in Italy, it's usually served in a rocks glass. Okay. So rocks, and usually what you do in Italy, they start with pouring the Prosecco and then they top it with the bitter and then they top it with soda. What, and what is is ice in the glass already? Yeah, and the reason they do that is because they don't want to mix up, which which basically leads to like sort of the bubbles fading. So they want to put that prosecco, then the bitter in the middle, and then the soda on top, so you don't have to sort of mix it; it stays in the center. Why? Why do you need the? That's interesting. But why do you need the seltzer or club soda on top? You why? don't really. Uh huh. It just dilutes the drink even more. I mean, the thing about it is, you want a drink that's low alcohol, and this yeah. Aperol spritz is like ends up being around seven, eight percent alcohol. Which does is pretty a, low. Does a spritz have to be on ice? I think so. That didn't happen till the '90s, though. Really, in widespread. Wow. Shrubs just seem to be getting very popular these days. Could you talk about those, Talia, and are pro or con? Pro pro shrub. Pro shrub. Big time. I love, I mean, for me, it adds a, a perceivable well, what acidity. What is a shrub for the listener who doesn't know? It's basically know. like a, a fruit item that has been preserved with vinegar and turned into a syrup. So it's like a simple syrup. It's like a sour, simple syrup, essentially. I love you say a fruit item. Fruit item. <laughs> <laughs> Not actually. It's like something on a weird, like, processed food label. <laughs> Two parts, you know, it's like, is it fruit or fruit is it item. A, but it's a cheese like, product? It's, it's almost like... Apple cider vinegar or even kombucha, it has that kind yeah. of flavor to it. So you have this sort of like fruit vinegar, and then what do you do with it? I put gin on it. And <laughs> I, then put, <laughs> I put gin on it. I put gin it. on it, and then I top it with soda. No one's from the South, so he's allowed to talk he like that. He understands. Um, and then crushed ice, right? I always feel like it has, if I have access to crushed ice, I think a shrub always tastes better. It's really strong, ice. so you want that right. dilution for sure. Actually, so you're here. We're here at One World Trade Center, our new offices in downtown Manhattan. Um, your first time here, Talia? Yeah. Yeah, join us. And they're really nice, 36th floor, great view, beautiful new building. But the best thing about this job is we have a crushed ice machine in our little kitchenette over it, here. It, it's a game changer. Pellet yeah. ice? No. Well, no, 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 not pellet, not the rabbit pellet I'm gonna, ice. I'm going to hand you some right now. Please, thank you. <gasps> yeah. It's wow, really nice. It's yeah. like instant, it's cobbler. instant julep, cobbler. Yeah. yeah, it's really special ice. And also soda tastes much better. Yes, it's the ice. best. It's Moving the best. On up. You can just throw that over your shoulder. Just throw it yeah, on just the ground. Yeah, just, yeah. Uh, she literally did it. That was awesome. <laughs> the weird, beigey, grazy carpet will not know any difference. So can you, do you ever make shrubs or is it something you usually buy? Because you can buy a lot of them right now. Yeah, I've made some shrubs. I made shrubs when I was working on uh, Sherry. And they're pretty easy. I mean, you can you can usually make them in a, in a couple of hours or so what sometimes do you do? overnight. Walk us through it. So with the one I made, you you take uh, uh, grapefruit peels and then with sugar, and you let them sort of soak up that sugar until they turn into kind of a syrup. And then I mix that with apple cider vinegar mm -hmm. and a little bit of water. And then you put that in the fridge. You usually want to keep it in the fridge for like a day or two because you want those flavors to kind of mellow. Macerate. But these things macerate. But these things keep forever, forever. which is another great <laughs> thing about shrub. And they they age kind of. I've had a few vintage shrubs. <laughs> vintage. Now, do ah, you, the 2013 is superb. <laughs> because if I think that uh, the Pock Pock, uh, which is a restaurant in Portland, Oregon, and, and here in New York, Andy Ricker, the chef there, has his uh, drinking bitters, mm -hmm. which are basically shrubs. You just mix that, like you said, with gin on crushed ice. 
It's a nice summer cocktail. So good. We are going to open up a bottle of Chandon Rosé that <laughs> Belle, our executive producer, had at her desk. Where did this come from, Belle? Do you know? Poor Belle. So, Chandon. Chandon. Our friends at Chandon. Should I shake the bottle, Belle? Or should no, just... No. No. No? You we don't do that? We didn't win anything. We didn't win anything. Yeah. What do you do when you're opening like a you bottle of champagne? You try not to spill it on the floor. I don't shake it. You don't shake <laughs> it. No. No. What if you've just won the Tour de France? Then you shake. Yes. yes. Always shake and saber in that in that, <laughs> in that that situation. In an office environment, I feel like just regular opening is good. Adam, uh-huh. Adam have you ever actually opened a bottle of champagne? Before? No, I know I had to do it at, at, at the restaurant where you do it yeah. really quietly. And it goes, yeah. Yeah. It just goes, <laughs> Bill's like, stop. We're not even drunk. Yet. All right. Come on. I'm thirsty. All Let's right. go. Uh, are you- <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that literally was a mistake. I didn't mean to do that. Uh, but it's, it's his it's, first it, time opening it, a bottle. It's my first rodeo. Okay, and with that, I'm gonna pour, pass you a glass. Thank you, Talia. Can you hand me a plastic glass since I'll, you guys I'll, are taking I'll, the? Uh... I'll pass you a real one. I'll give oh. myself one, and we're gonna at the sleeve of Dixie cups. <laughs> no, it was better than. Yeah, I don't. I was, I was like, are we, do we have like solo cups here? Like the 20 ounce. Uh, pour of rosé champagne. Tali, you should sell a spritz kit so you have everything ready to go, you know? That's true. A the, little Campari in there? Yeah. This could use maybe. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Cheers. Salute. Cheers. Salute. 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 As they, yeah, as I say in... Uh, salute or salute? Salute. Salute. In Italia. Mm. Hmm. Oh, nice. Could be a little colder. You want yeah. some ice for that? <laughs> some ice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Lightning round. Okay. Either or questions. You have to answer them, though. And we're just going to get started. You ready? Okay. All right. Rocks or neat? Neat. Wow. You're like neat. But what, really? So if Don't you're bother like, me with a rock. Wow. <laughs> good Lord. Long, this, is a good, this is Knowlton's. This is a Knowlton Bell combo. Long Island iced tea or lemon drop? Long Island, Long Island iced tea. Which is actually a pretty tasty drink. Yeah. Because if you're drinking one of those, you want to get drunk. Yeah. And the lemon drop is... Not a good drink. No point. <laughs> Uh, bar snack, wasabi peas or corn nuts? Corn nuts. Mm, that was a quick one. Ranch? Why? Can oh, I ranch, specify? Oh, the ranch flavored corn nuts. It's nice. Wow. Wow. I'm going to reach down and put some ice in my yeah. rosé right now. <laughs> Seriously. I'll take a little if you got you it. You hear that? Oh, yeah. There you go. Just yeah. a handful yeah. of crushed ice. <laughs> Perfect. Um, all right. We're keeping going. Oh, this is, I like this one. Bar stool or booth? Bar stool. Why? I always want to be at the bar. And a booth could not be at the bar. Mm. If you're talking about a booth that's at the bar. Yeah, what if you did that? Do you ever go to that awesome bar at, um, this is going to sound obnoxious, but the um, <laughs> what's the old school hotel at the top of the Spanish Steps in Rome? The Hostler. The Hostler. And at the end of, they have a courtyard bar. And at the end of the bar, they have like a little, like a little like tufted cushioned banquette. Like a little love seat? Like a little love seat for like two to three people at the one end of the bar. And you can sit there. And they also, the great thing about Italy, I think the best thing besides spritzes, of course, is that like during cocktail hour, they bring you all the snacks. Like the the, the little potato chips and the deep fried olives and the little sandwiches. Like it's such such an Italian thing. It's like we will drink, but if we're drinking, we're going to be eating. We got to make that happen here. Yeah, we are. We're not the best drinking culture in the Mm-mm, world. No. Says, says the gal who just ordered uh, ranch-flavored corn nuts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Guys. Set us back again. Um, okay, getting fancy. Top of the Standard or Bemelman's Bar? Bemelman's. Really? Classic. I know, but Top of Standard's- Big per- martinis, huge. Top, top of Standard's kind of the most gorgeous room in New York City. It's classy. Screw top or cork? Cork. A hangover sort of question. Bloody Mary or Ramos Chin Fizz? Bloody Mary. Yeah. 
So if you're in New Orleans, though, you drink a. That's the only place you kind of really drink a Ramos gin fizz, right? Yeah, I think so. And it's like, bartenders hate making them. There's an egg white involved. Yeah, right? it's a lot of shaking. But it's creamy, and that's yeah, you don't like. That. It just makes you throw up. Yeah, a little. So you get the the egg white. What else is in? I've never. I don't know if I've ever had one. I'm not as experienced of a drinker as you two. Or gin. Gin. Yeah. Orange blossom oh, water. Oh, water. Um, yeah. Right. And that stuff's weird. Lime. Right. And lime yeah. and cream. Yes. And soda. Cream. Yeah. There's cream oh, in there. God. That's terrible. No, it's a silky. It's a it's a textured drink. All right. Speaking of champagne, which we're oh we're drinking sparkling wine. I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this is a good one. <laughs> champagne with like lowercase. Yeah. Uh, flute or coupe? Coupe. Ooh. Oh wow. Oh. Whoa. That was. She thought she was all like, quick on the draw. <laughs> then she's like, wait a minute. Let me recant that. Do you want I, us to redact that? I would say that? neither. What? Neither. You so just, what do you wine drink? glass. Wine yeah. glass. That's what the cool like restaurant. Do they uh, you have more of a nose or whatever? Like or? this glass that we're yeah. drinking our fine champagne perfect. in is perfect. The last question. This is a tough one, Talia. Okay. Cocktail, the movie, or Thin Man? Watch, well, her forehead starting to sweat. Sweating. Cocktail. Really? Over Thin Men, the Thin Man movies. Interesting. You know, the, we all sort of like make fun of Tom Cruise and question his, you know, judgment, this and that. Life. But like when, when a Tom Cruise movie comes on TV, you will watch it. You cannot not watch it. I can't not not watch Risky Business when it's on. Oh, I have right. a hard time. Dude, I mean, Rain Man, you're watching Rain Man. Yes. Yeah. And, Mission and, Impossible, just the first one. Though. Anytime A Few Good Men comes on, I will stay the entire time just for the courtroom <laughs> scene that you can't handle the truth. Cocktail, I, I mean, I want more flair bartending. I think that's what we're really missing. <laughs> flair. Flair. What's, what's the guy's name? Something's Law? Murphy's? No. Uh, what's his name? No. Um, God, I'm so bad. Yeah. It's not going to make Let's it. Let's watch it again. That's okay. This is the moral of the story. Right, we're we're going to go to the <laughs> Let's bar. Let's all go home and watch it. We're going to go download it on Netflix and go to a bar, to a bar stool or a booth near you. Uh, Talia Bioki, thank you for joining us. Thank you, guys. Spritz coming out 2016, right? Yep. All right, look for it. That and more flair bartending in your future. Thanks, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. This podcast is brought to you by executive producer Bell Cushing and project manager Carrie Polis with editing by Mitra Kaboli. The theme music is by Valerie and the Greedies. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.